Okay, and we are back today. Uh, I'm here today with uh, a friend of mine who went to university with me, Umul Khair. Um, now, today's topic, we're going to talk about a, you know, racism and what it means to be black in, in the UK and black as a whole in the world. Uh, f- first of all, Umul Khair, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing okay. Um, I'm a little bit disturbed, to be honest. I was on Twitter just before I came on uh, this call with yeah. you. And I, I saw a lot of comments on um, the, the full video of George Floyd um, being murdered. Have you, have, you, have you seen the video? No, 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 I haven't. I know you sent it to me, but I completely totally forgot. What was it about? Uh, but but you've seen the video where the police were kneeling on his head, right? Yeah. Okay. So this video starts from the very beginning where the police officers are uh, at the scene where they're just getting out of their car. The first thing they do is they go to the shop and the shopkeeper comes out and he points at George Floyd and saying, he's the guy who gave me the fake money. Uh, what the police did was, so George Floyd was inside a car and he was talking to some guy. Mm-hmm. And the police officers, they came, they come from behind his car to the driver's seat where George was sitting. And they, you know, those sticks the police officers carry. Yeah. They had that and he tapped on the window with it. And he pointed a gun at his head the minute he opened the door. I think the police officer might have opened the door. He pointed the gun at him and George Floyd didn't realize at first. But the minute his friend realized what was going on, obviously they panicked, right? Yeah. And, and and it just goes from there. Uh, George Floyd was already crying. He said, please don't shoot me. Please don't shoot me. Obviously, he, he's, he's been watching the news. He knows what happens in America. Black people get killed. And, um, and then they just drag him out of his car. Um, now, he was saying in the video a lot of times that he was uh, claustrophobic. He's claustrophobic. Uh, please don't hurt me. Because they were, it looked very aggressive the way they were you know, manhandling him and dragging him all over the place, right? Yeah, from the start. It's from the get-go. Now, a lot of uh, white people, uh, only reason I mention the race is because it seems to just be them that are constantly um, excusing this behavior. Um, On the comment section, they're like, well, if he didn't resist, he wouldn't have died. If he didn't do this, he... Yeah. Do do you know what I mean? Yeah, one thing I've realized about white people is they know how to talk harder. They know how to make excuses for their behavior. Even in real life, if you've ever confronted, have you ever confronted a racist person? They know how yes, to make excuses. Like recently, a manager told me, I confronted him at my workplace. You know, he got, he got so emotional. He said, I have black family members. They're always not. And then he started, obviously, puppy eyes. Or, like, the, why people always know how to make excuses for their behavior. Go on. Well, I, I know what you're saying. Do you know what makes it worse for me? There are two, like, there's really three groups of people, right? Mm. In, the, in the white people, if I have to generalize like this. There are, obviously, a lot of white people who are, who are good. They want fairness and equality and... And those people, we love them and we respect them because, you know, we're humans, right? Yeah. Then we have, uh, I think, the worst of them are the ones who are not racist, but they allow racism to happen. Yeah. I, I think they are by far the worst group of people ever. I think they're worse than the racists. Yeah, the ones that um, I, I refer back to workplaces because that only happens in workplaces. 
where they're realised the managers, some of the managers are racist, all of a sudden they don't want to be associated or talk to you having noticed that. But as mm. soon as they go outside, they want to be black, you know? And there's, you know, have you noticed, I, you know, I've come to this conclusion where racist people are the kids that used to get bullied in school. Racist yeah. people are weak-ass people. Honestly, analyse them. Racist people are police officers. Police officers, 90% of the police officers are bullies in schools. You know, the kids that used to get bullied, kids that were just nerds in school, and now all of a sudden they feel like they have some sort of power. You know? Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. Do you know, um, you remember when the protests were happening? Mm. Um, I went to the protest, and the week after there was a... Um, so I'm, I live in Manchester, and the week after there was a um, anti... Uh, Black Lives Matter movement, right? So they're basically in racist Manchester. white people. In Manchester, they're protesting. And when, when, so there's a shop in the city center and I know who the owner is, right? Uh, we train together, so we're friends. We're friends, right? And I saw this, uh, this crazy drunk white guy. He was throwing rocks at my friend's shop. Hi. Uh, so I called the police, right? Now, my friend, he's white. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what his skin color is, but it's... Um, you know, it, you know, it's not us against them essentially. But I called the police, and uh, I told the police, you know, there's some, you know, crazy guys who are throwing uh, rocks at uh, the shop. Yeah. Guess what happened? The police came, and guess who they detained? What? The black. They guy. detained me. Me. Straight away with I, no question. No, they they come up, and you know, I'm I was going for a jog, so I'm wearing you know tracksuits and you know whatever. Uh, they come up, they they look around, they just say, hey, you come here. I said, yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, thank you guys, uh, officers. Is those guys over there. They told me to <laughs> turn around. They told me to turn around and put my hands behind my back. Uh, and I was like, uh, dude, it's, it's those guys over there. What are you doing? Anyways, I didn't want to um, I didn't want to make it too complicated. I was like, okay, fine. Fuck it. Let them arrest me. And when we get to the police station, at least I can make my, my call, right? I'm not going to get beaten up for no reason. Until a old white woman came and saved me from these police officers and started shouting at them, and started hitting them. Uh, they they were they were going to arrest me. When it was you that actually called them. I called the police because it was my friend's shop who's, who that was getting. So what happened to the guys that was actually doing the damage? They they just walked away. They saw the police coming. They saw me getting arrested. They just walked away. And they were all white, apart from all white, white and drunk. Wow. White, drunk, and they were causing so much devastation in the city center. So what did you do after that? Honestly, I, I got, I, I was super pissed. No, I'm but what did pissed. you do? Did you, uh, after, like, after you calmed down, what did, did you not file a report? Complain? Or you should have gone to the station? Yeah, you know what happens when you go there, man. As a black person, do you know what happens? You, you file a report. They said, oh, we're very sorry. We make sure we investigate this. No, That's I'm another... traumatized. I can't step out of my house from now on. I'm traumatized. I can't wake up. Go to the GP. Tell the GP that you're mentally destroyed. You know, come up with lies. That's the only way they'll leave black people alone. Do you, 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 do you actually believe that... Um... Let's say, let's let's even take it extreme. Let's say that they beat me up because I know people in Manchester. I know black people. I know some Arab people. I know some Asian people who the police actually beat up on the street. In the beat up, they, they just pick them up. Yeah. Okay. Right. To to be fair, uh, they're not the best of people. 
right? Yeah. But the police officers would arrest them. They would beat them up, drop them off in a different uh, area, and then just leave them there. I've, I've, I know people that happened. This happened to them. I know. No, but people, in, in, black in, people in, in the beat, UK. Do you see when a police officer is beating you up, beat him up too. He doesn't have a gun. UK police officers don't have a gun. More times, the kids in the UK have guns and knives and stuff like that. You can even attack the police officer yourself. However, I'm not telling you to do that. But if a police officer is handling you in a aggressive way, beat him up. Well, I'd be like, beat him up. We both going to court I, together. I, I, I will be honest with you. I, I wouldn't advise that. No, 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 no. Beat him up. The next police officer that gets beaten up, eventually they will give up. I'm telling you this right now. Black people, we are basically slaves in today's society. You know that, right? We're just glorified slaves in a white man's eye. Honestly. Because, oh, um, a black man gets attacked. What do you do? Oh, I got so angry. I left the scene. What else can I do? I've got no rights. At the end of the day, my complaint is not going to go nowhere. This is how we were brainwashed. This is what we were made to believe. Does that make sense? Like, I, I know what you, the more black, pa- like one time I remember, and this is when I first started university, imagine my first year at university, right? So I went to London, I came on the train, I had so many bags, like shopping bags, because I went to London to do shopping, right? So I must have been on the um, London Midland trains back to Milton Keynes, okay? So I had my shopping bags on, on a chest, and some white guy was like, oh, can you remove the bags, please? It was too heavy for me to put it elsewhere. So I just shifted the bag a little bit so there was enough space for him to sit down, right? And this is an old man, like, in his 40s, hench and everything, right? And I was a lot younger then. So anyways, by myself, okay? I'm on the phone to my friend. He sat on my bag. Me, I can, I sense the attitude straight away, okay? But I thought, Hold on, the, the, one second. The old white man sat on your bag, on your my bag. Although I had just moved the bag and left the space for him, enough space for him to sit down on. Does that make sense? But that however, because sense, yeah. there was so many of them just standing around me, he felt the need to entertain them. Do you get it? By sitting on my bag and laughing at them, right? Mm-hmm. So he he made a comment, a remark, a little comment saying. If you don't, I can't remember what he did, but he said something that triggered me, right? What did he say? He said something, oh, he sat on my back and he laughed and he said something. And I remember mm. I, I said, excuse me, can you get off my bag, please, right? And then mm. they all started laughing. I can't remember. They all, imagine, anyways, I can't remember because it's so many years ago now. Um, but then this is right after the Paris attack as well, right? There was an attack that happened so, in so- Paris at the time. One second. Uh, you were on the train. So, so this guy who sat on your bag, uh, was he with like other white guys as well? Was it just no, guys? no, no. They were just random. But the whole carriage was literally full of white people. Okay. Right. Uh, you mentioned the Paris attack. So, just a quick context for people who are listening. Uh, Umul Khair, she's a. We were both Muslims, and she's a. She wears a hijab. Yeah, so and I have a hijab on. So not only am I black, I have a hijab on, and I'm a female. Do you get it? So. Mm-hmm. So this is after the Paris attack. So anyways, the whole carriage, this guy, this old guy, he's 40-something years old, started literally using far words, language, cost me, demolished me on that train. I'm defending myself, right? This white lady and I jumped in, excuse me, young lady, could you be quiet? I've got a little child in here. Not 
getting him to stop. Actually, I'm the female. I'm the young female here. I'm being attacked by an old white man. Nobody has the audacity to open their mouth and say, hey, could you leave the female alone? But however, everybody's attacking me, trying to get me to be quiet. You know? Uh, yeah. and, then, and then, within two minutes, it literally turned out to be the whole courage against me. But I'm still running my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> But good, you, gotta, you gotta stand up for yourself. You gotta stand up for yourself. Well, you know, I felt really bad inside, but obviously I didn't want to show them. I was, mm-hmm. you know, there was young boys there, mixed race boys, and then what did the white man say? The white man said, you know, all you Muslim people know how to do is carry a bomb and bomb yourself or something like that. So then the only time the mixed race boy said something was when he said the bomb because of the Paris attack, right? The mixed race guy now turned around and said, excuse me, please don't talk about the Paris attack. You know, I have family and I have family involved. But however, you didn't open your mouth when the whole carriage was saying something to me. Do you know what I mean? It was me against the whole white people, a, whole, a full carriage full of white people. And there's one mixed race guy there and he didn't even say nothing. Do you know what I mean? Anyways, now we all got off at, we were all getting off at um, Milton Keynes. I called the police. Police, mm-hmm. there's like three police guys, men waiting outside the station. As soon as they came up, he got arrested. He didn't, but do you know what the funny thing is? White people really know how to utilise their white privilege. Honestly. Wait, wait, who, who, got, who got arrested? He Sorry. got arrested. The, 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 guy, the guy who sat on your back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course he got arrested because, you know, I was young back then as well and he's an old guy. But then the funny thing is the whole time, the whole way, the whole journey through to Milton Keynes, the guy was convinced that the police officers were not going to do nothing to him. As a matter of fact, he said it to me. You know, he was so confident. And me, I'm mm. like, we will see it tonight. Well, somebody will die today. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's it's good that you called the police. And then the police, I called the police. The police handcuffed him straight away, you know, they pulled me to the side. And you know, one thing that the police actually said was, right, they were like, you know, I'm so glad that you reported an incident like this. Um, You know, a lot of people don't report, a lot of people from your kind, you know, a lot of people don't report incidents like this. You know, you, you, you deal with it yourself, you get angry, but you leave it. But the more of these incidents that actually get reported to us, we know it's an issue. Right, we might not be able to handle the first one, the second one, but if it's a build-up case, then obviously we're gonna sooner or later come up with a solution. Does that make sense? And then obviously the police officers took my details and everything. Within a week, uh, within a day, the next day, because obviously they can only detain somebody in there for 24 hours, right? They let him go and then he charged him with nothing because the two witnesses, which were the two mixtures boys, I think one was even Arab, I can't remember, refused to get involved and give a statement. And if they did, obviously, they would have handled it accordingly. But because they refused to do it and there's no witnesses, other than those two, they had to drop the case. You see? Like, one thing about white people that I really like, you know, they stick together. Black people, foreigners, babe, individuals, they don't know how to stick together. You know? They honestly don't. And, but then there was another incident. Honestly, one time I was on a train, I came into the first class, this white man said, excuse me, <laughs> imagine, the carriage is full of cabs, right? He goes, excuse it's me, send me what? a ticket. It's full of pe- weird people that didn't even have a first class ticket to travel on a, t- on a train, right? Right. So I said, I wanted to sit next to this white man because I was the only train left from London. But I, I, I had a first class ticket anyways. So anyways, he goes, um, let, me, let me see your ticket. 
I was so confused. I had my headphones on. Now. I was I was on a phone. I said, "Excuse me." He said, "Can I see your ticket?" I was like, "No, no, no. You're not an inspector. Why do you want to see my ticket?" But he goes, "Because all of you people, all you want to do is I don't think you have a first class ticket. Excuse me, so Bay Race is just trying to assume that I didn't have a first class ticket." A black man said, "A black man stood up. He goes, continue talking to the female, and I'll break your jaw today." I was like, "Yes, that's my bro. Tell him." Good. Well, like, but then there were two, a black man sitting right behind me, they didn't say a word. It was only that black man that got so angry, and he goes, look at this female again, and I'll break your jaw today. Racist. And guess what? The black man, the white man, apologized. Sorry, sorry. But the only reason why you're apologizing is because a black man stuck it on you. Do you get it? You would have got handled. Otherwise, you wouldn't have apologised. And the black man, like, okay, the point that I'm trying to make is that black people, regardless of where we are, we need to stick together. That's the only way we're going to maintain and have a power. I, I, I agree. But I take it a step further. I, I think um, if you see anyone who's being, you know, badly treated, or <coughs> fairly treated, we, we, we need to stand up for them, you know? Yeah, of course, but uh, because... I'll I tell, tell you a sad story. Let me tell you a really sad story. Mm. Um, so I know this guy who I work with, right? Mm. Uh, we, he, he went to Ghana for, for work reasons. Uh, our company sent him to Ghana. And, you know, he's recording it. We're, we're on FaceTime. You know, we're, we're friends. He, he's recording it and he's, you know, in Ghana, whatever. Uh, because he was white... They were telling him, oh, the white man is here, the white man is here. Get rid of him, get rid of him. And they, they beat him up and they chased him out of the market. That's, that's, that's wrong sad. As well. Okay, that's, that's 100%. Disgusting yeah. As well. That's really, no, you should stand up for any injustice. 100% correct. But the majority of this injustice happens to black people, okay? That's why I was saying, oh, us black people really need to stand up for ourselves in order to come out of this mental slavery. Um, white people not treating us equally. Does that make sense? Because ultimately, no, no, Black, I, I, well, black Lives Matter is, movement is all about being treated equally, not for black people to be treated more superior or anything else. Yeah? Uh, Khair, I, I 100% agree with you. But you know what's very interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, normally, I don't get much hate on uh, on Instagram because everyone I have on Instagram are my friends. I know these people personally, right? Mm. Um but what's been happening is, you know, since the whole Black Lives Matter happened, I've been posting about it because, uh, you know, I'm black. I've, I've experienced this. You know, you've experienced it. I know every, a lot of black people have experienced this. Mm. But never in my life have I got more hate ever than when I posted things about uh, Black Lives Matter. Never. People I th- who were very good friends with me in high school mm. and then we went to sixth form together were very racist towards me. Black very or white? Very racist. White. I'm Both. No, no, no. Not even. Not only. Uh, not only white people. There are some black people as well who are against it. Why? There, there, there's this black dude. He, he's very famous amongst the racist people now. I think he's from Nigeria. Uh, I'm aware. Whole... One thing. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Nigerians. Yeah. There's something wrong with them. I'm so you cannot you cannot go around saying no. racist stuff like that. No, 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 no. And let me explain myself. Nigerians, sure. there is something. I'm not saying all of them, but the majority, and especially the guys, not the females. No, don't say majority. Is, say no, say no, some no, no, no. of them. Say some. A, a small percentage, obviously, but the ones that I met, anyways, the ones that are so against this Black Lives Matter movement. Okay, 
Nigerians, some of the Nigerians, there's honestly something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're trying to achieve. But it's majority of the black people that are against um, Black Lives Matter movement um, is Nigerians. Have you noticed it? I don't understand why. I haven't noticed that, but I've noticed our people, are a lot of them were against it. Somalis as well. Somalis on, on Twitter, they were like really, really much against it. You know, the, the, the issue with Somalis and being against Black Lives Matter movement, though, it lies, is, is them not believing that they're Black and African. That's what it is. That's stupidity. So, so let, let, let's talk about this. This is, uh, right. Uh, right, a lot of my, my viewers are, I think, mostly white people. So we, we need to give them a bit of context here. Uh, if you don't know where Somalia is, it's, in, it's East Africa bordering ethiopia and the indian ocean and the red sea uh we are a muslim country uh, i don't think we have any other uh, religion yeah. in, in somalia to be honest and and everyone in somalia speaks somali and there is a small other uh, local language called mai but the vast majority of people speak somali to communicate uh, and we're a very tribal country as well we are divided by four main tribes four and a half as they call it um you know taking over different regions of the country there's not much intermixing within the country but obviously outside of the country there is but yeah so so if, so that's the context but um i've noticed this and and you know this as well we somali people have an issue with identity have you noticed this? yeah i agree 100 percent. and it stems from what does it stem from really i don't know why i i, I know why um i'm gonna lie to you i i was um I was actually like this as well. Really? You thought you were Arab? Yeah. No, not Arab. No. You thought you were white? Uh, actually, uh, uh, well, let me tell you the story, right? So, my high school, I, I went to, I lived in Luton, and I went to an all-boys school, and all Asian guys. Uh, but when I was there, I was proud to be Somali, whatever. Mm. I moved to Milton Keynes, and I, I lived in, um, in a white neighborhood, and I went to a white school, uh, and very few black people. Now, uh, this is going to shock you, but um, the school was actually very racist when I think about it. Okay? So this okay. is what they did to us. Uh, I, I wasn't an angel in my high school. I was a, I was a bit of a prick. But mm. I'm a young kid, right? There's no need to be you know, harsh against me. But mm. um, black, so all the black guys, we just happened to hang out with each other, right? Because we had the same interest. And we were not allowed to hang out in a group of more than four people at a time. Because they said that we looked intimidating. They actually said that to you, young black boys. Yeah. And, and what they did, and because of that, they made us walk in groups of four, right? So we were actually around 16 people, and we became four groups of four people, right? And mm. we, because we were not even allowed to all chill together, they were somehow imposing it. Um, we obviously eventually just sort of faded away from friendship, in a way, because of that. Um, and then I remember in, in year 10, uh, they, they gave me a letter saying, hey, we're going to take you to a, a field trip, you know, to, to a prison because my school was next to the prison. Right? And I, I was excited. I, I, you know, I wanted to see a prison. I, I, I didn't think much of it. Mm. But what I did realize was everyone in that trip, except for one guy, were black. Okay. And there's only 16, there's about 16 people. So pretty much all the black people in my year. And one white dude. Who took? The white to dude must trip. have been the white dude that wanted to be black. So you know that one white dude. That's always the one. He, he was. 
coincidentally he was he was he was actually more black than some of us um but then what happened was because of like you know all of these um uh, abuse i faced like this small ones and i i was constantly getting in trouble in school because i was being accused of things i didn't do uh I, you know i was accused of starting fights i was accused of yeah you, you feel know, like uh, no matter how hard you try you nothing's changing in it so you just stop trying i remember feeling like that when i was in high school yeah well what made it worse oh, secondary is, uh, school you know, you know like when you're young you don't know how to talk properly either you don't know how to defend yourself right uh, so the teacher would say something and, you know, they're adults and they could, you know, make it sound well. They can articulate it well. And because, and, sorry to interrupt you, but because we're mm-hmm. Africans and you would talk from home not to answer back to your teachers anyways. Whatever your teacher says really mm-hmm. goes. Your teacher is like your second mum. Does that make sense? So because yeah. your mum would go, as if being Somali African, you know, growing up in London, my mum would go to school, parents' evening, anything... The, the teacher says that's the final answer you know yeah until yeah, eventually sure. actually my mom realized that these teachers my mom my mom was so smart my mom was so smart she realized that these teachers were actually being racist like i went to a secondary school in west london right and i remember it was me my older brother and my younger brother so it was literally three of us year, year nine year ten year eight it was all of us so I remember my mom being called by one of the science teachers and they said, oh, you're wasting your time with these kids. These kids will not turn out to be anything. Just leave them. And that really broke my mom's heart. And guess what she did? She said, no, this guy is racist. I'm going to show you guys what my kids can really do. She went and took us to tuition and we obviously ended up getting good grades and all. But um, like, I remember my mom not being able to speak English as well really well. Obviously, because that's when we moved from Sudan and Sweden. Um, but she knew. She she just didn't know how to defend herself or articulate her words in a way where it can actually come across. And then they... Because with white people, it's just how you articulate your words. If they realise that, actually, hey, this girl actually knows or this man knows how to defend themselves and they know what's right from wrong and they know that actually they actually have the brain capacity to actually say... To stand up for because one thing I've realized as well is a lot of black people don't know how to speak up when it comes to but, racism. But but I, I don't blame them honestly, um, because especially if they were born in in the UK, I don't blame them. Why? Because, because look, listen, in, in school, there there was a there was a white dude, right? And I'm I'm not even joking. Uh, this was I was in year nine. Uh, I started to pray and I became more religious in year nine, right? Mm. And. I was, you know, I had a, a RE teacher and she, she a lovely lady, Miss Green. I, I love her so much. She was very kind to me. And she would let me pray in her room, right, in her classroom. She would, you know, leave, let me pray, and then she would come back in. And one day I remember praying and this white dude came up while I was praying. He threw, he picked up my shoe and threw it out my face. And he said, oh, nigger, 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 and ran away. True story. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I recognized who that guy was. I was like, okay. I'm like, if I, if I beat him up, I'm going to get him. In Luton? I'm like, no, this is Milton Keynes. Because Luton, there's too many Muslims. That, that would not happen, right? Yeah, there's a lot of racism in Milton Keynes, honestly. Yeah. And I, and I said, uh, I, 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 I told my, my, my head of year about this. She's like, there's not much we can do about it. 
I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? There's not much you can do about it. I mean, she, she's like, I'm sorry. There's not much you can do about it. Okay. I tell my mom about it. She gets, my mom gets pissed off about it. Right? She said, okay, go beat him up. So I go beat him up and then I get suspended from school. At least you whipped his ass. I feel good about that. Either way, school, secondary school in the UK, they don't really teach you much. Anyways, that's what I think. Anyways, especially in your nine, more time you're playing the teacher, just standing in a corner doing nothing. So at least you beat uh, him up. Next time he knows not to say nigga anymore. I, I, I tell you what, I, I didn't learn much from my high school. I used to go to uh, my mom. I, I, uh, in year nine, I asked my mom to take me to tuition, right? So every Sunday she would take me to uh, London, a uh, tuition called Best Tutors, right? Mm. And only because of that is the reason why I got good GCSEs. Only because of that. My high school was actually not good for me. Um, I know a lot of my, a, lo- a lot of white people in my high school are going to listen to this eventually, right? And they're going to have a different experience, of course. That was uh, say. But white uh, the amount of ass whooping I got from my mom because of the bullshit the teachers used to say about me is ridiculous. And uh, you know what makes it worse? We had a school reunion, right? Um, what recently? This was in 2016 so i just finished my my undergraduate and i was going to my master's right and my there, there was a there was a teacher there and and he would i, I hated him I, i'm convinced he's racist today you know he shook everyone's hand i was the only black person uh me and this mixed race guy were the only ones there for the, I reunion. Found out why, for the reunion i found out why as well because um i walked in i walked to there was a girl who were, we were friends, right? And she's black. She's from Zimbabwe. Mm. And I said to her, hey, why didn't you go? She said, why should I? The school was racist. I was, I was the stupid guy. I didn't realize. Uh, you carried your rucksack and you left to go shake his hand. <laughs> yeah, so I, I shake this teacher's hand. And do you know what he said to me? Uh. I, I shit, you know, this was said to me. He's like, oh, hi, Jakob. Uh, I would like to say I'm happy to see you, but... I'm really not. I, I was expecting to be either dead in a gang or in jail by now. No, you are kidding me. Wallahi. And this is after this you finished your bachelor's? I, I, I finished my, my undergraduate. Uh, I got a, a very good grade and I and I was working as a, a developer, you know, from home. Uh, and life was going really well. You know, I got accepted to the, you know. Masters, uh, yeah, I remember. Masters to a university I wanted. I was really happy. And... And, and this dude just says that, you know, I was, I was what did 15, you say to 16. I, I was honestly, I was so shocked. I was like, I was like, wow. I'm like, really? I'm like, dude, I was a kid. I'm like, you're being a prick. Wow. And, and he just walked away. You still, you and even still trying to explain yourself saying that I am a kid, dude. I was a kid. But you shouldn't have even a... explained yourself to him. Um, You shouldn't have. Was this I... outside or inside? This was in, inside the school because um, there was a teacher who was leaving, and this teacher that was leaving, um, she was a very fair teacher, and I and I really liked her and I appreciated her a lot. Um, so I wanted to say goodbye to her and wish her the best because she was I think she moved countries or something. I'm not too sure where she went, mm. um, but she was a good and fair lady. Uh, but this dude, he he's an asshole. He is an asshole. Um, wow, that's so heartbreaking. I'm sorry. It is, but it, it made me, uh, I felt ashamed of, of being Not black even. because of all of this abuse uh, until um, until I, I, I went to second year uni, honestly. Really? 
honest. First of uni, I was really, I was really ashamed. I was yeah, like, I remember you didn't even want to talk to me. I'd be like, hello, assalamu alaikum. Hello, <laughs> hi, you all right? I'd be like, no, you are Somali. You talk to me properly. Yeah, yeah, assalamu alaikum, all khair. Bye. <laughs> You never yeah, even wanted was, to talk to me. I felt like you were just running after the you know non-black thing, you know. But... I was a I was a Uncle Tom. You know what Uncle Tom is. Mm. Mm, I was an Uncle Tom or a coon, whatever you want to call it. Well, that's um, good. At least you realised your mistake and you were able to change it and turn it back. But yeah, no, do you know it's funny because yeah. I was having that conversation with my friend as well. Like I'm so pro-black that even as a young child, like in secondary school you know being put down by teachers because i was black that never fazed me like i remember always just being proud of being black i remember chilling with black people africans and i remember having some somali friends that would actually be like like we'll go out okay let me tell you guys this right we'll, we'll go out and i don't even know if i should say this but we'll go out and obviously, after night out, people will talk to you. I would only always talk to black people. And that's not because I'm racist, but I feel like my personality, um, I feel, I understand black people. I don't think I could get along with white people. I honestly, I don't, I don't know why, but because our personalities don't really click, okay? So I always find myself, that's not to say I click with but, every... But, 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 but one second, but one second, I'm going to have to call you on that because that is actually racist. Okay, no, that's, that's not racist. racist. I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why. I find myself not because I'm very traditional. White people are very loud as well. White people, they don't, it's not being racist. It's just my personality. I find my personality to be different from white people. Everybody has a culture at the end of the day. And my culture is very different from a white man's culture, correct? And that stands that, that, out. Fair, but... in, in even now, like when I'm speaking to you, um, you know how many times I try to stop myself from speaking Somali? I'm very cultural. Mm-hmm. I do get along with white people, I'm not gonna lie, but it's very I find it hard. Is that racist? I don't think so. Um because no, I no, love my people. To an extent. No 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 no. Is I don't like I don't like I like white Okay, this can come out wrong, but I do like, I just find their personalities very different from my own, okay? That's not to say that I get along with every black person as well, but I majority find myself clicking with coloured people, BAME people. Is that racist? I don't think so. However, we move. Um, so I remember I used to always just talk to the black people, or black people would just talk to me. And I remember specifically, I had two Somali friends they would actually honestly feel like they've accomplished something because they started speaking to a white person or, or they got some white guy's number or a white guy's Instagram. And I remember constantly looking at it. I remember them looking at me actually, telling me, oh, why are you always talking to these meadows? Mm, meadow means black. Meadows mean black. So why are you always talking to them? And I used to be so confused looking at them like, are we not black guys? And I used to sense that they felt like they've accomplished something. They felt so superior to me because they were talking to a white guy, you know? But, but, but okay, let's actually call this out properly, right? Uh, because w- what you're saying is, is actually very, very common in black community, whether you're Somali or not, right? Um, in 2014, I, w- I was in Hargeisa, right? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, the second biggest city in Somalia. And you know when I was going back from Hargeisa to Dubai, yeah, uh, there were some white people on the flight as well. They were working for the UN, 
now those white guys they had the same ticket that I had I know this because I was talking to them um, just talking to them about what they were doing etc right and uh, what they were researching on and what the Somali uh, 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 police officers did was they let those white guys go onto the plane first to take their seats to get their food and then everyone else got let into the a Somali guy is doing that this was in Somalia by Somali police uh, I say police it's really the military everywhere right um, but but you get the picture yeah uh, wow. what I'm saying is it's, it's very common even in Africa uh, and here in the UK it seems that uh, let me put it this way to you if you because you got a computer science degree, right? Yeah, and a master's in cybersecurity. I just wanted to put that in, in there. Cybersecurity. No, no, we, you gotta, you gotta flash, you gotta, you, know, you gotta show that shit off, right? Uh, but look, let, let's be very honest. If you went to a black businessman and you said to him, "Listen, I got a, I got a degree in computer science and master in cybersecurity. Let me build your website." Oh, or if more a like white woman white said man. that, yeah. or a white woman came, or a white man came to him. Who would he take? He would more likely trust the white man. Or, or the white woman. Right? Or the white woman, right. yeah. And, 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 and this is a sad fact, I think. You know, um, the point that you just made is very accurate, actually. Because just two days, three days ago, Max, I was speaking to one of the black managers, one of the only black managers in the company that I work for, okay? And we were talking about racism. And we were talking about incidents that happened that I occurred in the workplace, okay? That I confronted him about. And he said, you know, I believe you, blah, blah, blah. Because some of these incidents I've encountered. I've been with the company for 30 years, 40 years. So he knows exactly what I'm talking about. However, he said two things that I really didn't like, okay? And coming from a black man. First thing he said that I didn't like was that... um, um. I was able to utilize, no, sorry, I was able to benefit from the white, white privilege because I have a white wife. Yeah? Wow, okay. Secondly, he said, we kind of need these white people because slavery didn't stop because of a white man. However, no, slavery didn't stop because of a black man, but it stopped because a black white man said stop, so he stopped. So really and truly, we need them on our side in order for us to all live side by side, okay? First of all, yes, he's married to a white woman. Um, he said, I was able to... I was able to privilege from the white superior, the white... Um, the benefits that these white people have myself because I married a white woman. Do you know how I feel about black men marrying white women and the reasons why I believe they marry white women in the first place anyways, okay? And I, I, I don't know your position, uh, but um, I was recently... And, and, I, and I, I think I'm, I, I will disagree with you on that. But uh, Disagree what part? The, you know who Dr. Omar is, right, in America? No, 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 no. no. Yeah, of course I know who that is. But, uh, I, yeah... Yeah, yeah, when he said, one, when he said, a white, a black man feels superior when he gets a white man's um, highest position, which is their woman, okay? And when a white black man marries a white woman, he wants to be white, which is so true. 99.9% is a fact. 
And that just, when that black manager was standing next to me and he said I was able to benefit, I'm very lucky in the sense where I was able, lucky. Why are you using the word you were lucky to benefit from the white privilege because you chose to marry? That, that's, so, many, so many questions goes on that sentence. You know that, right? So did yeah, you, no, no. so because his, you lived in, question, here? The way, sorry, the way that he phrased it is fucked up. As as yeah, that. but then he was able uh, to explain yeah. himself later on, which obviously, you know, he says like, you know, things like, you know, I will do things like when I'm going into the store and I'm making a refund, I'm returning something. Um, oh my God, I just hope they don't listen to this. But when I'm returning something, um, you know, I I avoid certain things. I just send my wife, you know, but you, you shouldn't feel the need to marry a white person only so you can feel a bit more relaxed in the society that you live in you know and the other thing that he said was we need white people basically in order for slavery for racism to end we need white people because slavery did not end because of our black man slavery ended because of a white man and white man said no as a matter of fact he's right because that's what happened but we don't need them today you know, slavery wouldn't have even started if it wasn't a white man. Slavery wouldn't have well, started if a black man actually put his foot down and said, hey, whatever you want to give me in return for these black people, I don't want to keep it because at the time, Africa was the place to be, you know? So they felt like they could give out some of these resources and African people to actually come and work for these countries because these countries, the Western countries, were poorer than Africa back then. But, but, but uh, I'm, I'm very happy you mentioned about how slavery started, uh, stopped, sorry. Uh, slavery was always there in humanity, right? And, and even till today, it's happening. But when, when I heard a lot of people online and, and people I know saying, oh, slavery stopped because a white man stopped it. Th- th- this is not true. Uh, this is actually false altogether. It's, it's true that uh, white, uh, the British government were... One of the first, you know, powerful government to, to stop it. It was not because they were being nice or generous. It was because it wasn't uh, financially beneficial. Beneficial to them. to them anymore. And the reason why it started uh, yeah. in the first place is because they needed to utilize the Cheap benefits. Labor. Yeah, to to because they needed their country was done ultimately, and they wanted to build their countries up by using the African people and the African leaders at the time felt like they really didn't need much because they were just giving away things rather than bringing it in so so, so the generations to come to come to come can still benefit from the resources in Africa which however now we're unable to benefit from these benefits that Africans do you know because these white people have reaped off them it's um you you know what it is it's uh it's really it's really fucked up I, I you know Recently, right before this podcast and everything, I, I like to read facts about what's going on, and and I feel like we, we need to throw in some facts here because, um, and, and this is where it's fucked up. I have I know people uh, who who I keep in touch with who support EDL, who support um, you know banning uh, foreigners and stuff like that. I keep in touch with them because sometimes I like to talk to them to understand why they think the way they do, right? And, and and if I just read out this statistic to you, and I want to know your thoughts on it, right? So this is uh, a government website, and it says here, so this is the government statistic. So for stop and search by police, uh, black people 
were eight times more likely than white people to be stopped and searched by police in 2018 to 2019. Of the 37,000 people stopped and searched by police last year, or, or that year, sorry, uh, 1,850 were white people and 65,000 were black people. So there's more white people being stopped, obviously, because there's more white people in the country. But if you look at it by percentage, it's really fucked up. So it breaks it down even further for us. So 37 white people were stopped for every 10,000 white people. But 315 black people were stopped for every 10,000 black people in the UK. Mm. Why, why do you think, why do you feel... Well, what do you believe? Why do you believe this is happening? What's going on? Repeat the numbers again for me, please. So, with the, with the numbers higher on the black side or the white side? Black side. So, out of so thirty-seven white people were stopped and searched for every ten thousand white residents, compared to three hundred and fifteen stops for every ten thousand black people. I don't. I honestly don't know. Um, us as black people in the diaspora, let me tell you one thing. I don't know why police obviously target. Um, it all stems from different things, right? But we Africans, I don't care what country you're from, we as Africans were weak in the, in the diaspora. And in a sense that we have no government to back us up, right? I'm Swedish. So if I get arrested today, the first thing they'll say to me is, oh, do you want us to contact the Swedish embassy for you so we can let them know they they, they can send you a lawyer if you want, etc. Yeah? If I had Somalia written on my on my passport, on the other hand, they wouldn't question that. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't ask me because they know Somalia has no government. And even if they did, they know they don't care about the people in the diaspora. Yeah. Right? So when you don't have a government that can stand up for you, the white man is able to treat you how he wants to treat you. The white man doesn't even want you in the first place. So why do you expect the white man to now arrest you and treat you equally as the white man? No, because you're in his land at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And. That's why I said, like, going back to slavery still exists. It's just a glorified slavery. You're in their land. You're working. You move how they tell you to move. If you don't ask them politely, then you'll face the consequences. You have to... All of these marches, all of these... is ultimately just please, please, please begging them, correct? That's how I see it. So, and these people are not going to respect us. I'm telling you right now. We can march tomorrow. We can march next month next year 10 years on from today we can voice our opinion yes racism will still be here it'll probably they'll probably hide it maybe but until our african government actually fixes themselves up and actually puts their foot down that's when the these diaspora countries these foreign countries will respect black people whether it be in america uk canada sweden norway anywhere until what do you hmm? sorry, go on. sorry continue please no go on I, w- I was going to ask you um what do you think that um because uh, you know as much as i've been posting stuff about black lives matter and I, I, and I have been getting a lot of hate for it i've been getting a lot of support as well from white people 
and uh, but these white people they are very they find it very difficult to say anything because they're scared to say something right they want to support us but they're scared to support us because of the consequences because they know we struggle the truth is like we no, no, were because they are afraid to be called a racist as well because they don't know how to approach it so how, what would if you could advice all of my white friends who are asking me hey how do we we want to help you guys we want to we want you guys to be treated equally what can they do speak up there's not nothing much you can really do other than speak up if you see somebody getting treated unfairly at workplace don't keep quiet stand up for the person outside likewise stand up for the person constantly speak up why would you understand why they will be labeled as being racist who would they be racist to to the white man you, you, do you know what it is i'll tell you what uh i'm not sure if you agree with this or not but people are more afraid of being called a racist than being a racist have you noticed this? of course i'm telling you about that it happened to me two three days ago when i confronted this manager and he nearly started crying he said i'm sorry i, I'm, I feel so bad I'm, he nearly cried he's a whole man 40 year old man he said, I have black family. I said, excuse me. That makes you racist. That statement that you just made is a very racist statement for you to say. That just kind of proves my point. He said, no, I didn't mean it like that. I just, I don't see it as black. <laughs> I said, you don't see me as black, so what do you see? Orange? Clearly, that's racist too. <laughs> well, I'm black. What do you see? Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying to you. As soon as you confront them. Like, you know, at workplace, you know how many times I stood up for myself? And to be honest with you, Prior to the whole Black Lives Matter movement, I didn't know to what extent white people were utilizing their white privilege. I didn't know. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement just really opened up my eyes. And, you know, I didn't have the confidence for many years, like even growing up in London, before I moved to this Milton Keynes, um, I used to just, you know, get violated at work, be treated differently, you know? Sometimes I used to... No, what, do you mean? what do you mean? Treated differently. You're um, You're saying you get violated. What, what do you mean by that? Um, I got fired once, you know, um, for for, for asking this guy that came into the store. I used to work in Heathrow Terminal Five. Why is my screen blinking? Is that you? It must be your light. It, it is my light. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, I nearly had a heart attack. Um, so I asked this military guy. Um, how he, he he where he just came from? I was just so interested and curious about his workplace. So just asking what he does, is he frontline, et cetera, et cetera. Next day, um, I was at 18, 19, I think. Next day, um, his mom wrote down a letter. I got fired because she said I made him feel uncomfortable. But then the thing is, I'm not only black, I'm Muslim too, you know? Well, hold on a second. So the military man came into the... To the came to his store. I was working in WH Smith Terminal 5. Uh, I like, yeah, Terminal 5? Yeah, I was like 17, okay. 18. So, and then I, the guy came in, bearing in mind, I'm only doing like five hours, anyways, I'm doing this short shift. The guy came in, so I was so curious, you know, me and my mouth. I said, how'd you find it? What'd you do? Are you fun like, do you kill people? I don't think I said, do you kill people? Did you ask him, did you ask him, do you kill people? Did you actually ask him that? I said, how did you That's a dumbass question. Really, I said something. Next thing you know, his mum wrote a letter. She said, "I'm my son is now got anxieties. He's afraid to come into WH Smith. Anyways, I can't." Wait, remember. He's joined the military. Yeah, yeah. So she, I got fired straight away. 
I just vividly just remember just being treated so differently. Like, I'd be the only black person there. However, I'm surprisingly the only person that they have a problem with. Do you know what I mean? Um, I would all, I'll probably be friends with one white person that's on my side. Next thing you know, this is probably why white people are afraid to actually speak up for black people, although they know that it's wrong. Because, some, you know, many occasions I've witnessed that a white person stands up for me, for example, um, they're like, you know, I don't care, this is injustice, this is unfair, you know. Next thing you know, all the managers, everybody else in the office will turn against that white person as well. Does that make sense? So sometimes white people might not, yeah, they might not have the courage to speak up only because the attention will also focus on them, you know? And, 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 and I... I feel sorry for them, but it is not acceptable for them to be quiet. Of course, either. the more people that speak up, the more, the more. Um, even black people though at workplace, you know, I'd be the um, I'd be the only black person at workplace as soon as well. Not me. I'm just you know hypothetically speaking. There'll be one black person in the office tomorrow after a couple of months because then I like to recruit a lot of black people. Anyways, that's a fact we all know. Um, there'll be another black person that comes into the office because that black person really felt like they worked so hard to even get that position in the first place and worked so hard to um get on with the people in the office work that extra hard simply just for being black now the next black person comes in he doesn't want to talk to you as soon as you're coming through the gate hello brother you're about her sister yeah 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 full on conversation you probably have each other on socials but as soon as you both sit down in that chair, you don't know that person. <laughs> they do that a lot. Mm. A lot. They do that a lot. And it's disgusting. Unless that's what I'm saying to you. Black people, honestly, we are our first number one enemy. Uh, this is true. Um, we are our know, enemy. I, I want you to... Uh, I want to ask your opinion on this topic, right? This is probably what is, for me, the most... Um, repetitive topic in my life I, i've i've been called whitewashed a lot in my life okay mm. a lot of black people say oh you're you act white or adana's character that's you know i act white in somali um but why why do we say that to each other not once in my life have i been told why i act black uh why what so even now today yeah yeah uh, a lot of uh, i know some black people who say oh you don't talk like black well, what does that mean because I prefer not to use language and I use the English. Yeah. You know, the proper... it's, it's really... I don't understand it. Uh, I really don't understand it. Neither do it's I. Not that I it's not that I don't speak Somali. I, I do speak Somali. I speak Somali when I'm with Somalis, obviously. When I'm with white people or with speak English. But this is just the I way you were taught to speak English. Yeah. And I guess it's where you were brought up as well. I think there's nothing wrong with I don't think you're whitewashed. I don't think Adana's Kadiksar today. However, before, yes, Adana's Kadiksar, you really want it to be white yourself. But the only reason why I say that is not because of the way you were talking. It's because I remember when I first started university, um, um, you, I think you were the only Somali person, right? And black as well. And I remember I used to just chill with black people. Because majority of my computer science degree were only foreigners anyways, black people. And I was trying to talk to you, but you were really doing the most to avoid black people. So that's probably where the Adana's Kadikta statement stems from, maybe, on your end. 
um, however, yeah, when black people say to a white black man, "Oh, you act white because they speak a certain way," that's 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 race. That's slavery. You know, that's do, the society. Think, that's hmm. that's the your environment teaching you. Oh, black boys are the ones that should put their trousers down. Black boys are roadmen. Black boys should be selling drugs. Black people should be speaking slang. You know. Yeah, but but you know you know you know what's interesting. But uh, when you go to London um, mm. or Manchester, uh, and you do look at the black people, and you see some of them dressed like gangsters, they act like Roman. They think it's cool to be like this. Um, should we, uh, as black people, should we really you know uh, fight against this? Should we really teach our kids and our our community that no, being a roadman is not cool, selling drugs is not okay. You know you can't you can't be like this. You can't have you can't sag your trousers. We don't want to see your ass. Do you know what I mean? And I think black people are taught to sag their trousers from home, though. Um, not from home. Not from home. Because I, <laughs> my my Niger- some of my Nigerian friends, right? They 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 sag their trousers. But just before they go home, they pull that shit up. Before yeah. they spray their yeah, stuff because they, they can't smell of cigarettes. Because they get the ass beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think I think people just label it as oh, black people. More white people want to be rude than black people. Actually, I think the higher percentage of educated people in the UK are actually black people, and that's education wise, where you go into study higher education like masters and you know, black people. I think you know. Um, I don't know the statistics on that, but I'm just going to check out right now as we're speaking. Um, right. But you know what? One thing I did love about going to the University of Bedfordshire is um, it was the first time in my life where I saw a black professor, you know? Uh, What's his you know name? Her? Her. And he really hated it. Herb, I... Herb, and what was the other guy's name? Um, the one that used to be a police officer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his uh, name? Computer cyber security guy. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, what's his name? Raymond or... Raymond. Raymond. Oh, he... Do you know without Raymond? The things that used to go behind closed doors in that university. You know how many assignments he had to remark? You know how many times he had to manhandle lecturers and pull them outside and threaten them? He, wait, what the fuck? You is didn't going, know. What are you talking about? Ray no, Max, I didn't know. Make sure he's Yes, yes, yes. He, the amount of I, I know, he, I know him very well. I mean, I, I mean, I, at times he, I keep contact with him till today. But what happened? The fuck happened? Where are you on LinkedIn? I need to add him. Oh, on WhatsApp. He's on. He's on. I'll, I'll send you his LinkedIn. He mm-hmm. used to manhandle because he used to work for the police force, right? Yeah, yeah. And he said a lot of these. He had a conversation with me privately in his office. Um, he was like, um, if you, because obviously he used to give me career advices and etc. And he used to work for Qatar, I think, Qatar like six, six months a year. Uh, Bahrain. Bahrain, yeah. So mm-hmm. he used to give me advice. He's the one that actually suggested that I should continue doing cyber security. In fact, my bachelor's, he didn't want me to do computer science and software engineering. He wanted me to do cyber security. And I told him no, because I didn't want to do that network aspect of it. However, yeah, he had a conversation. He said, do you know how many assignments I really have to remark? He said, you know, just try your hardest. Although some of these grades are unfair, um, he said, just try your hardest. Anytime you feel like any of your assignments have been, haven't been marked fairly, just 
tell me of a Muslim who said, you know how many, not only necessarily black people, he said, he said Asian people, he said international students, it happens to them often, because obviously, you know, with international students, they're taught to come, not argue, any letter they get, they give it to their parents, and as far as their parents are confirmed, they're doing whatever, right? By the kids, he goes, no, 40, they kept these students at 40. He said, one time I had to manhandle one of the lecturers. He even showed me, I just can't remember who it was, and he pulled him to the side in a, I can't remember what it was, it was a conference, and he disrespectfully spoke to a, a final year project presentation, I think it was. And yeah, he just said, oh, you're wrong for this, and if you continue treating these students like this, I'm going to arrest you. Really? Yeah, this used to happen in Bedford Street. Right? Yeah, to the students. It used to happen in Bedford Street University. That that man, he's a honestly. He was oh, a, him a, and Hab Hab left because of that racism stuff. You know, he just really? couldn't deal with it anymore. Yeah, Hab till today. Hab gave me his personal email address. You know that before he left, and he said, you know, anything you need, get in contact with me. And you know what happened to me on my final year project for computer science and software engineering. Right? Hub Hub was my supervisor, actually. So I decided to create this app, okay? My project proposal, okay? Listen to the story. I gave Hub my project proposal. Hub liked it. It was an app dedicated to Somali community to enable for the Somali parents that don't know how to speak English to apply for jobs within the Somali businesses in, in the UK or in the diaspora, ultimately. That was the project proposal, okay? So the app has an option where you can actually change the language. Um, so if you want to change it to Somali, you can. If you want to change it to English, you can. So obviously learn English as well. Or if you're in Sweden, etc. Okay. So I created the app. I created, it had an admin. It had the job, you know, the businesses would have a, a section where they're able to post their, their project. Anyways, it was just dedicated to Somali community. Hab said, you know, I'm leaving. However, I like your app. Just do this, do this, do this, do this. Okay? Mm-hmm. I write my... You know how University of Petrusha, there's three submissions. So it was a project proposal, and then it was the literature review, methodology, and everything else. And then right. you had to combine everything else, including your code, etc. Send it off. Okay? Exactly. So yeah. I did the second part. I got 85, 75%. Okay? And then Hub now said, you know, you're good. Like, I, I, I'm leaving the university, but don't worry about it because you're good. You've got your 75, you've got your 5% for the project proposal. All you really have to do is just give them the code now and um, do your final year project. But you've done most of your project written work, so, which is fine. It's an A. I said, Hub, okay. He Hub was like, pulled me into a room. He was like, you know, um, I know they're going to be hard on you anyways because, you know, these people um because you have anybody in specific that you want to pick to be um your supervisor and then i said Hab, what do you think about this person Hab was like oh okay let me he said any of these people that i tell to do whatever i tell them to do they will do regardless kind of thing like i've done them a favor i'll speak to him on on, on your behalf and i'll let him know if he could be your supervisor in such a short notice because i'm leaving Hab got back to me the next day he said yeah just do just do this you're on the right track Anyways, I submitted my, my final year project, the day of presentation. You know, these Chinese guys said to me. What do you say? How are you able to dedicate a whole app to only one community? 
of people. Really? He said, that's disgusting. He goes, that is very high you, that's racist. That's basically what he ultimately tried to say is that I'm racist. Why would I mm-hmm. create a whole app um, just for Somali people? Um, how do you justify this? I said, mm-hmm. it's not whether I justify it or not. This is not a real life project, first of all. This is my final year project. I've already done, I'm on the final presentation. How dare you tell me that I shouldn't even do this in the first place? Do you get it? In order for me to have continued with this project, I proposed it. And it got accepted. It's been approved. It, it yeah. was approved. He said, well, you better go find the supervisor that approved it. So, so what happened then? Did he have to... He gave me a C. Whoa. He gave me a C. But I was only lucky because, you know, the second part was a high percentage of the overall final year project. And I had an A. Mm. That's, that's how I was able to push it to a 2-1 overall. But otherwise, I would have got a 2-2 because of that. You know, and I told you know Herb, because Herb called me actually via telephone, and he was like, what happened? What did you get? I told Herb, Herb, they gave me a C. Herb was like, oh, wow. He was like, there's nothing I can even do because I don't even work with the university no more. But he was so disappointed, you know? And then he was like, because he knew why. Like, why is it being so hard on you kind of thing? Because I've approved that your project has, there's no reason for them to contradict your project, you know? And he said, you know, like, he was like, he felt so bad for me. He was like, you know, you got a 2 1 anyways now, but it's fine. But, you know, a first would have been better, but it is what it is. What can you do, kind of thing, you know? That's actually a really sad story. I have to be honest. Did you, when you were in your master's, did you have a black supervisor? Um, yeah. Then, oh, when I had to do my master's, right? My final year project. My supervisor was Ugandan, a lovely, lovely Ugandan guy, right? So I said to my friend, you know, when we are, because when we are defending our project, I said, as a joke, I said, but due to the Black Lives Matter, I hope, because the whole, the whole university only in the cyber security um, department only had two super, two black lecturers. Can you believe it? And the Ugandan one, and the Ugandan one was actually just doing one day a week, and only started the last semester just before the lockdown because he teaches in Middlesex University. And a Nigerian guy, I called one of my Nigerian friends, right? I said to her, babe, I just hope that they give us the two black supervisors as, as a, as a um, uh, um initial supervisor, and you know the next the second marker needs to be another supervisor. She called me, she said, Omal Khair, it was the Nigerian guy, but he grilled me. He was so hard on us. Yeah, the Niger- there was a Nigerian guy and the Ugandan guy. You know, um, you remember Mittal from uh, <coughs> Yeah, what country was he from? He's, uh, he's Indian, you know the Indian Kenyan people, people from oh, the from yeah. India. Oh, yeah. But they lived in heat. He lived in Kenya for like three generations. Yeah. You know, my, my mom met him, right? Yeah. Uh, in second year. She was picking me up from university and uh, Mittal was coming out and I was talking to him and mom picked me up. My mom looked at him. She's like, pick him as your supervisor. I said, why? She said, because don't choose a white person because uh, they could fuck you up. 
I, I listened to my mom, right? I always listened to her. So I, I, I went with him as a supervisor. People were scared of him, if you remember, right? Yeah, um, I was scared. But honestly, he, he was the best supervisor I could ever ask for. He was very harsh, for sure. Uh, but he was fair, you know? To be fair, Ahad Mittal was is a good supervisor. He's very harsh, but he's very good. He pushes you to the court. He's good. Absolutely. And you need that and when you're at university. Yeah, I had, I had that. He he only taught me one module, was it? The project management module at the final yeah, year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was. I only ever encountered him only for that module. Other than that, no, I had, I, I didn't, I, he didn't teach me. He didn't teach me anything. I was in, I think it was in 2017, 2018, I, I lived in France, right? How is France? Yeah, 18. France is good. Um, it's uh, you mean in terms of racism? Mm. Yeah. So I lived in a in an Arab community. Okay. Uh, so, so I didn't face racism at all. At all, and I don't speak good French either. So I don't give a shit what they say. Negro, uh, <laughs> you understand yeah, that one, though? That's what from her. But um, what happened was um, I went back to Milton Keynes to visit my family. And I went, I went back to Luton to visit my friend, right? And he worked at the university at that time. Uh, he's a researcher there. Oh, the Asian so guy. I, mm, yeah. And I went and, you know, I met up with him and Mitchell was there. And, you know, he was so lovely and stuff, right? And we had a conversation, a very deep one. And he said that, listen, you know that saying where uh, black people have to work twice as hard? I mm. said, yeah. He said, that's not true. You have to work three times as hard. Because... <laughs> First, you have to prove that you're smart enough just by talking to them. Then you have to prove that you're good enough by your qualification. Then you have to demonstrate how good you are by actually implementing it. He, he, he told me that um, whenever you have good experience, good money, uh, and you open up your mind by working in good, you know, big companies and stuff, he told me to uh, go back to Africa. That is That's so exactly true. what I'm doing. What company do you work for now? Uh, I'll tell you the name of the company uh, when we finish, but um, they're they're a very good company, very fair, and uh, and um, great, very great people. It's very diverse, actually. That's that's what makes it even better. Oh, okay. Mine is very diverse. Mine isn't, but um, no, that's so true. You know, I am always um I'm, I'm always. I want to leave, honestly. I want to move out of the UK within max, inshallah, the next two years. I don't even have an English passport anyways. Um, that's not to say that I'm not grateful. I'm grateful. I've had, taken all my education from England. However, I need to. we need to go back to Somalia and give back to Somalia. And, and I feel like the people in Africa cannot change Africa, but the people in the diaspora can actually go back and actually change the country. I think that people in Somalia can change it. Um, they can't. But I think they can. No, they can. not by themselves. Not with, without the help of the Somali people outside that are educated, that's actually seen. The, the people in the Somalia, a high percentage of them have only seen what they know. And that's just how Somalia is run today. You know, the people, people right. into 2020, if you're still fighting over a tribe, I'm telling you, you can't change nothing. 
I, I, I honestly, I have a lot of hope for Somalia. Of uh, course, there's, we have so many educated people in Somalia, outside of Somalia, from Somalia, but in the outside, also inside Somalia. But I feel like they need the help of the people that are outside of Somalia in order to hmm. prosper and change collectively. Not just. I think you'll make it faster for sure. Because mm. you've seen, have you seen pictures of like Mogadishu in 2012? Yes. Uh, yes. Or sorry, 2006. Let's say six, where where everything in Mogadishu was is pretty much flattened, right? Bullets everywhere. And if you look at Mogadishu now, if you look at places in Mogadishu like uh, like Dar es Salaam or or the airport, uh, Little Beach. Little Beach is beautiful. And Little Beach. Right next it's, it's so beautiful. And it's so you clean. And, and sometimes you think you are, you know, you're looking at it, you think you're looking at a first world country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Somalia, there's a lot of hope in Somalia. However, like, we need to work as one, first of all. Um, and we just have to... The truth is, the more we fight, if the more we're living in the white man's, um, white man's land, the more white man has more control over us, and the more our country is getting demolished and taken by a white man. Ultimately, we lose. So we should just stay, not just Somali, to be honest, all Africa. Africa is so powerful. And the fact that, you know what saddens me? The fact that we are people of so much power, a continent of so much power, and we are begging a powerless continent (laughs) and people that have less power than us. You know, it's like you right now begging your little sister for something that you don't need to beg her for. Does that make sense? It, it it does make sense. That's uh, what I, that's... I I would word it slightly different, but but I, I totally agree. Yeah, I, no. Whoever are... wants to get offended can get offended. The truth is the truth. Um, and they know the thing is, racist people know you don't attack something that is weaker than you. You always attack something that has more power than you to make yourself feel better. And they don't do it outside. They do it in workplaces. In schools, in you know, position of power when they have power when they have yes, but they will never do it outside when they're walking, you know, and that so, itself is pardon. But 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 do you, do you but I'm I'm hearing what you're saying and listen I I do agree with the vast majority of what you're saying. So what do you but not agree with? So I could just clarify. I, I wouldn't say I disagree. I just think that maybe um, my wording can come across. Yeah, but it's brutal. Sure. But I say how I feel only because I just get so angry with black people sometimes. Not just white people. With me, I'm not even angry at a white man because I have no right to be angry at a white man, you know? Because why am I going to be angry? You can't be angry for treating... You, you can't, for example, let me give you an example now. You can't be in a relationship and get angry for a man not treating you right when you are still staying in that relationship because you're giving him doors to still not treat you right. Does that make sense? You're basically allowing them. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, and, and I agree with that 100%. But but I, I think what we should do, this is my opinion, I want to hear yours. I think, because <coughs> by the age of 35 or 40, I am definitely out of the Europe. Europe. I'm, I'm moving out. I will come back to visit whatever. Uh, I, I will come back to visit passport. and I say, hey, excuse me, Tom. Could you open the door for me? Yeah, please. It's not for life. You go to the hotel and get the white man to clean up after uh, you. 
I'm joking. I'm joking. They're still human beings. Because you know, like, no, like I keep sure. saying, I'm a Muslim black woman. Yeah. And obviously, Islam, the one thing that they're against is diversity and treating one person because no white man is more superior than a black man or an Arab man likewise, you know? And obviously, I'm against... 100%. Yeah, I'm against mm. that, you know? I'm all for diversity. I'm all for a black man marrying a white man, a white man marrying a black man, an Arab man. I'm all for diversity. However... Not when you're constantly being attacked, when you're constantly being bitten, you know. And and the reason why I keep saying a black man shouldn't marry the white woman is only because the reasoning behind it is wrong. Okay, now 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 this is where we disagree. Um, look. No 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 no. Let me finish. Before, Let me finish. I know okay, why you disagree. Please, please do. Please. But however, mm-hmm. if if the black man sits down and he genuinely from his bottom in his heart speaks to himself and he knows the only reason why he's marrying this white woman is because he genuinely actually loves her, not for her skin colour or not with the intention of trying to utilise the white the white benefits that they get, then go ahead, I'm all for it if it's genuine love. However, what I find is that a lot of the black men that marry white women or Chinese women, anybody of non black, yeah, is to get benefits, to try to, to dilute their skin colour, their features, because for so long, for many centuries, for many years, they were taught the belief that they weren't good enough or pretty enough or, or they couldn't do certain things in life because of their features or their skin colour, you know? So they don't want to give that. I've seen black men, I've heard a black man say this. They want to, why not do it if you can make your child's life easier? But really and truly, you're not making your child's life easier because if your intention is to marry a white woman because you want to be white, to ultimately make your child's life easier, you don't know, you are stupid because you are even making your child's life harder because now your child is not wanted by a white man and he doesn't fit into the black community. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, um... You know, yeah. why are you laughing? You, but that's the no, truth. no, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing just because like your your accent changed a bit. I don't know why you did that. But no, um, that's the truth because you know, white people are yeah. so racist that you can be having curly hair, just quarter black, but they will still treat your quarter black to blackness. You're not fully white. So why do that rather than just actually marrying who you love, genuinely love, educate your kids, equip your kids from your house. So then when they go out, regardless of if Chinese, Indian, black, white, anybody attacks your child, your child know that they're good enough, you know? Yeah, no, but this, this is a very important point. I think, I think you're right uh, in the sense that if, if two people are going to marry for love, that's good. Yeah, marry who you, you want. want to marry, but don't so run to get marry... a white woman because you want to make your child's life easier. You know, I've seen a Nigerian man actually tell me this. You know, why would you want to put through? But that's basically ultimately saying that you're not proud to stand strong because you've been knocked down. You're now saying, yes, you don't want this. I will make my child's life easier and I'll give him half of you. You know, tomorrow your child is going to work. He will still be treated like a black man because his surname is Adubuele Golewa. You know, you've given him Holly, <laughs> Ashley as a first name, you know, but the surname is still, you know what I mean? 
I know your child will not marry. You have to wait generations until your child can even be accepted. And even if your child is accepted in the white community and your child does not claim his African side, you've, you've really not done your child a favour because you've, you've, you've now wiped all of your child's history. I, so you're I, pretty I, much I, starting it again. You're in denial. You know, you, you're not doing that child a favour. So what should we? Because look, you're you're an educated uh, woman. Uh, you're very smart. You're you're articulate. What should, you, what can you do in your local community to help out the the black people there? Well, what what do you think you can do? But what you see, you even like, what what help do black people need? The only help we, that we need, black need people need, what help? The only help that black people need is for black people to actually sit at home. Not in the outside community we should meet in the park, no. You should sit at home and actually love yourself. And nobody can actually... No, there's no such thing as education. I can't teach you nothing that no, you no, cannot teach. Can. No, you I can. can't teach you nothing. Well, like, and I'll tell you this. You know, there's so many broadcasts today. There's so many books people can read. There's so many black... If Black Lives Matter movement did not educate you, or not even educate you, did not even... You didn't sit down to think, hey, you know, I'm, I was blind to this. As a black person, because black people could be blind to racism too, and not being aware how actually black people get treated simply because of their colour and where they're from. And for you to sit down, because me and you cannot meet each other every day, one hour a week, for me to say, hey, 1995, this happened. 1885, no, you have to sit down and educate yourself. Like you said earlier, you have to sit down and educate yourself. You have to be willing to actually learn. When you are willing to learn, okay, de de develop a voice. It doesn't necessarily have to be the loudest voice. Mm -hmm. Develop a voice. Anytime you feel like you're being mistreated, you know, UK has laws. They might not necessarily follow it, but if you present it to them, they will follow it, and they will have to. They will have to abide by those rules, you know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, but the reason why black people don't use it is because they don't know that. Right, but that's the problem. Yeah. That's why they need to be educated. And yeah, but I'm you saying. know how you're gonna educate yourself? There's so many. There's nobody educated me. I didn't know nothing. Like I was saying, like I had to. You know, go home and do my own research. There's so many YouTube videos you can watch, but it all starts from self-love. I cannot educate a black person that wants to be white. Nor can I, you. Let me finish. No, no, no. There's no. I'll, I'll let you finish. Sorry. There's no education. The only way you can educate somebody is if they're willing to. Then you can obviously share conversations share experiences. You can talk. You can say, "Hey, this is how I tackled it." You know. But it, it, the first step starts from you and wanting to actually, you know, stand up for yourself. Be black, black empowerment. Love the fact that you are black. Love the fact that you are African, not just black. Okay? And then when you do that, then we have conversations with your fellow sisters and brothers that are black. And then you guys can share your experiences, you know? But you have to, it starts from you. But, but you see, the thing is, for me, it's not about sharing experience, you know. Look, we, we are sharing experience now, and, and people will be listening. Uh, but uh, it, it doesn't matter what happened in my life or your life or anyone's life, to be honest. I, I think what we need to do as black people 
is we need to like every other community every other powerful community they they come together they talk about what benefits them as a whole as a society in their community and then they pressure politicians to make changes necessary because be because their politicians are willing we don't have a government that's willing to stand behind our back no even even in the uk look listen to this right you know a lot of muslims in the uk they say oh the, the british government don't care about us of course they don't because muslims don't vote if you look at our percentage of voters we don't vote so why the hell should he care about you but the racist guy who does vote um Obviously, the, all the politician wants is to be in power and to be corrupt. Uh, you know, it's, it's so it's, it's false. They care, but they don't want to show they, they you that they, they care. Don't care. No, 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 they, they don't care. care. But the they community. Let me tell you why. Let me finish. The reason yeah. why they don't care is today, if the Muslim community left, the reason why they're showing that black people cared. Black people they didn't show that they cared about black people prior to the Black Lives Matter movement. They didn't, but because black people collectively stood together, the, the truth of the fact is that UK need foreigners. Without foreigners, the country is built by foreigners. And they know that, hey, if we don't change this statue, and if you don't put a black woman here, you know, um, the people that are actually bringing money into this country, that are building this country, if they leave us tomorrow, gradually, we are, we are finished. Right, so that doesn't mean they care about you. They're, they're scared. They, they, they're, they're scared, scared exactly. So which means that different. they are forced to show a bit of careless. Uh, you know, do you think even if white people stop being racist, do you think that means you've demolished racism? No, you. we only no, no. trying to get to a stage where you don't show me your racism as long as I'm in your presence. You could do whatever. That's what we're trying to get to, right? If I'm at workplace, sure. treat me equally. That doesn't mean that the person that's treating you now equally, that's accepted to treat you equally, is no longer racist. We will never get to a point where you we change everybody's... We, we, we as black people dislike certain things as well let's not lie but we don't go oh, to... we, we are very we are yeah, very racist but we don't sure. go into mm-hmm. workplaces and start treating them that's only what we are trying to get to we're not here fighting for all oh, racism needs to be stopped exactly like going back to the statement that we just made here now we're not going back to oh accept us the government will care the government cares because they are forced to care not because they genuinely because it's, it's ultimately it's in their benefit to care or show a bit of careness otherwise they're losing out and if they lose out so big where's uk gonna stand do you know what i mean okay, let me ask you this right if let's take a small city that has maybe ten thousand ten thousand people that live there right and let's say two thousand people are black people okay if the black people let's say just like how the jewish community they come together they vote together uh, and that's why they are so powerful in the uk because all of them are they pretty much vote for the same uh, person and they speak if we did that well, yeah but if we did that right then we could really control who's who's in power we then have uh, we can then stop putting people who will at least there'll be uh, changes made. yeah exactly and, and this is why I, I tell people that, uh, especially black people, yes, our situation is shit. Yes, we do need to, you know, look for plan B, uh, plan A, which hey? should be to go back to Africa, right? Uh, yeah, that's a, a, a plus. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's plan yeah. A, right? A for Africa. You got to get this out of here. Yeah. Get, get, your, get your dumbbell, you know, <laughs> the <beer laughs> back to Africa. 
<laughs> exactly. And all I'm saying is while we're here, we need to uh, come together. We need to start looking at our community, Muslim community, Asian community, black community. We need to come together because we're all being oppressed differently. We need to come together and we need to say, hey, let's change these guys. Because my MP in Manchester, where I live, right? That guy is a racist fucking prick. Okay. Uh, he, he's the worst piece of shit ever. But the black people won't vote. I don't know why they won't vote to get the guy out. He's a racist prick. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But ultimately, honestly, with me, I'm the type of person that I don't like begging. Um, to beg in a white man's country, this is ultimately begging. Let me tell you something, right? <laughs> I met this, um, when I first moved into Milton Keynes, I met this Spanish dentist, okay? Yep. And then she's now gone back to Spain. She's got two kids now. She bought a house. Imagine this girl came into the UK from Spain. The UK government, the people that were recruiting us for dentists, looking for dentists, she said, came to my country and interviewed me, okay? Yep. They said, how much money do you want? She said, when I came to this country, Umar the chair, you hear, kick, 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 or you don't, you don't, oh, you feel like you don't need this chair. You say, excuse me, I need this chair changed. She said, well, her 2.2 seconds, everything is changed that you've demanded for. She said, look at the state that I'm working in now. This is not working. One month, I've been asking for him to fix this. One month, this. She said, ever since me and my husband came to this country, her husband was an implantologist. She's a dentist, okay? They had, they had a house in the hub. You know where the hub is. When the, the hub, half flat. Were first Very built. Area. Yeah, where they were first built. I went to her house. It's her, her own house. She bought it. She said, I've never, ever, ever taken anything financially out of this country. Rather, all I do is ever put in. But she said, all they ever do whenever they open their mouth is this is before the Brexit thing, the vote and etc. when people were going crazy, they're taking our jobs, okay? She said, all they ever do is say, get out of my country. You're a foreigner. You are taking my job. She said, what white man wants my job today? They're uneducated. That is the, is the sad truth. Yeah? You are fighting for a Tesco job. You would? You would? No, no. You are fighting for a Tesco job. when And then you have the audacity to open your mouth and say, I need foreigners out of the country. But however, if you go into these important places that their country cannot function a day without... My 90% majority of foreign places, regardless of where you're from. Okay, so she said, You know, I've had enough, I can't feed a community or a country or provide services to a country because ultimately you're providing it for the country, right? She said, I can't, and all they do is ever open their mouth and say, Well, you know what she did? She had a baby. She said, um, hi, I'm leaving. She just decided to move back. Her husband was an implantologist. Spain is around the corner. They have a house. If he needs to see clients, he will come back, fly in, see his clients go back. She said, I'd rather put this much money, even if I'm getting paid less in Spain, which she, she isn't, but she said, I'd rather go back to my country where my dentistry skills can be utilised in my country. I could do something with her, people that would at least appreciate. She packed her pack and she left her husband. And, and that's the right move. Um, and that was and, the most righteous mm. move because ultimately they were screaming. And that's, you know, and if the UK actually continues not appreciating um, because Brexit is 
let's let's underline Brexit. The only reason why Brexit is really happening is to reduce the foreigners coming into the country. That's I don't know other things that they're trying to say to sugarcoat it to hide the fact. But that's the reason why UK is even leaving leaving EU in the first place, just so they can minimise all of the EU foreigners, i.e. like myself and you, coming in to utilise their resources, because, you know, that's really what they're stopped for. But they don't realise that, you know, COVID-19 happened, you know. The first thing Boris Johnson said was, I, I vow for the for the NHS workers, ex-NHS workers and medical students and everybody that left to go back to their countries to come back because England needs you. Did you not say that? He knows, they know the truth, but you can't bite, constantly bite the hand that feeds you. And that's why I say, like, we strongly, in order for racism, they, they will never stop. Racism might never stop, I don't know, you, because you can't change how the whole people think. But the only thing you can, you can't change how someone thinks of you, but you can change for them, you can teach them to respect you, you know? and fake grin while they're next to you is if Africa government actually steps their foot down, puts their foot down and actually, you know, stands their ground, shows them that they have power, takes everything back and gives the people that are in Africa, you know, the jobs and actually all of us ultimately going back to Africa and having these skills that we've utilised, thank you, England, America, whatever, that you've given us the education, we take it back and we benefit the people back home, even if it takes us to actually work for free for some months, you know, or even for less money to ultimately build because that is going to benefit our kids and grandchildren. I, I agree. I'm going to ask you one last question. We've been on this for one hour and 30 minutes, so you're officially the longest person now. Uh, but this is very interesting, honestly. Um, I'm leaving in five years, uh, ten years, uh, for a fact. I'm out of, I'm out of Europe ten years. in ten years' time. Yeah. Um, me, inshallah, in me... two years, man. That's, I, I haven't even applied. You know, you know, Brexit is happening. I haven't even applied for my stay. <laughs> so next thing you know, they might be telling me to pack your bags and go back to Sweden. You've been doing too much. So, so, so you have no choice. You're going to get the hell out of here anyways. Uh, uh, no, for me, it's because... Um, I've lived in this country. Most most of my experience have been positive. I've had some bad experience with racism. Racism is not the reason I'm leaving, but it's not helping me stay either, right? Oh, yeah. Let me just clarify. Sorry to interrupt you. Obviously, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that we've been given in this country. Very grateful. Mm -hmm. But one thing I don't like is for someone to feel like they have more power than I do. Because you don't... I want to remind you that you need to be grateful. Exactly. You don't need to do that because, you know, you've given me free education. What am I doing? I'm building your company, which ultimately helps create jobs for the country, the people of the country. You're paying taxes. Yeah, mm. you're paying taxes, which reduces the poverty in the country. Yeah. You know? It's and a win-win situation. Yeah, it is a win-win situation, but you're constantly biting. I, you know, sometimes, well, I, like, I, I, I don't want to be outside at a certain time. Especially missing keys, like I don't really have Alhamdulillah. I don't. When I used to live in London, or when I'm in London, I don't have this kind of fears, you know, because it's so diverse. However, when I live in Milton Keynes now, like I get so scared, you know, sometimes because at first I'm a Muslim, you know, Islamophobia. Yeah. Black, I'm racist. They, I mean, racist people. I'm extra careful. 
and me i cannot continue to live this life like this so i need my freedom <laughs> oh, like, you sound like emmanuela no. <laughs> yeah but you know you get the point but go on sorry i interrupted you no 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 i i, I agree um yeah i'm leaving in in uh, 10 years when are you leaving Oh, me, inshallah, within the next two years. Um, I'm not saying I'm going straight back to Somalia. That, obviously, if I get married, inshallah, my husband is Somali. Um, and he's willing to go back to Somalia with me. Of course, I will go back to Somalia um, and work in Somalia. Um, however, just to get out, not in Europe, not to go to another Europe country, but probably Kuwait, Qatar, Muslim country. Middle East, Muslim country, yeah. That's my plan, and I've always, honestly, I've always wanted to leave. Anyways, like I said, I don't ever remember not being wanting to be black. I don't ever. I've always remembered myself being proud, and you cannot tell me you are better than me because of your skin color, you know. But <coughs> yeah, hmm. it's crazy. Okay, uh, let's finish up now. So we're gonna conclude. Okay. Mm. It was lovely talking to you for sure. Take care. Yeah, we wanted to do this for so long, isn't it? Yeah, we finally got to do it. So I'm going to stop it now, yeah? So take care. Bye. Thank you so much. Enjoy.